Aloha, people of God. It's your brother, Mike Dillard, coming at you live and direct from Honolulu, Hawaii. Welcome to Fully Submitted with Brother Mike. So, man, it's 11.55 at night. I had a rough, uh, it was a wonderful day, a glorious day, but certain emotional things was going on on the inside of me. And thus, from my perspective, I had a rough, partial day, eh, maybe like between 3 and 5 p.m. Yeah, yeah, just some stuff I was dealing with, which caused me to cry out to the Lord and just just focus on him until I took a nap <laughs> and then woke up several hours later. You see now it's almost midnight, right? I think I, I think I fell asleep around like five o'clock and woke up. Yeah, I woke up about 11 and just been praying to the Lord and whatnot. But this is something that came up as I was in prayer. And I just think it's something that I need to share with the body of Christ. It's something where, you know, you all, my brothers and sisters around the world, you need strength and encouragement in this particular area. You need to be fortified. Because um, when you look at wearing the full armor of God, right, the scripture says it's the full armor of God. So you're covered. He's given you pieces from head to toe, right? But if you're missing one of those pieces of armor, then you have a breach. You're not covered in that area, okay? Um, you may think you're walking around covered in full armor, but you're not in full armor, which means the enemy can just, they can see where the armor is not. You understand? They can see, right? And don't mind me, between these allergies and me eating cheese, I know that my body is, I've learned now that I'm over 50, apparently lactose intolerant. So when I eat cheese, yeah, it, my body, yeah. Why does he eat cheese? Because it's good. But anyway, I digress, right? Listen, we need to make sure that we're wearing the full armor of God at all times, right? Because our enemy does not sleep either. You have to understand this, right? You have spirits that are assigned to you, right? Enemy spirits that have been assigned not only to you, not just to watch you, but to study you and to lure you and to tempt you and to destroy you, right? This ain't no game. See, I'm starting to wake up now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm starting to wake up now, right? Hey, I cannot impress upon you or convey to you enough for, I'm going to pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I know you bless me with this podcast, Lord, to help my brothers and sisters, to edify the body of Christ, God. I just got done looking at all the different places around the world that this podcast, you have allowed this podcast to go. And it's not about me. It's about you. It's about your grace. It's about you loving, loving my brothers and sisters so much around the world, Lord, you want to make sure that they get this information, Lord, because we are not ignorant of Satan's schemes and devices. You don't want your people to be walking around, you know, in bondage or, or they fell in a trap because they didn't see the trap or they actually had the means to defend themselves with superior firepower and they're losing battles that they really should be winning. Lord, that is why you sent me on here to do this podcast. That's really why. So 
Lord, I just pray for the grace to deliver this message. And I pray, God, that you would give every single person that is ever going to listen to this particular message. God, I pray you would augment their faith. I pray you would give them faith. I pray you would give them understanding, God, in the inner places, in the secret places, God. Understanding, Father, in the name of Jesus, God. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray, and I'm almost done praying, y'all. Lord, I pray that you'll please help whoever is listening to this to not be so stuck on what they think they know and uh, trusting in their own knowledge or in their own goodness or in their own strength because when they do that, that means they are in the trap and they are in a weak place. And Lord God, you've already made provisions so that when we are at our weakest, Lord God, you know, your, your strength shines through the brightest, Lord God. So God, help us when we're weak, you're strong. So Lord, I, I just I just need your help in making this podcast today. And please, God, please help my brothers and sisters around the world that are going to listen to this and that this is applicable to you're so faithful. We love you. We love you. We love you. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Who we okay, man, man, some people going through it, people going through it. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Right. We always going through it. I ne- I interviewed a good brother of mine, Chris Loparco. Shout out, bro, bro, bro. Right. So I interviewed him today on my weekly show. And, you know, we had such a good time. And uh, one of the things that came up, <clears throat> you know, I asked him a question, basically like, hey, when did you know that you kind of came out of your low point? Like, when did you know that you was totally free and you were done with the struggle? And and something he said, which was so powerful yet so true and is still resonating with me now, hours later, is that, you know, Mike, I don't really think we're ever really out of the struggle. Wow, right? Which is so true, right? It's true. We're never really out of the struggle. You know, in America, in many other countries, in nations now, you know, it is all about that money. It's all about wealth and getting the, you know, elite status and having material wealth. Why? Not necessarily because you want the material wealth, but because you you feel you need it because society is just so, so brutal. You know, the just world we live in is just so brutal. And without the wealth, who's going to help you? Right. Who's going to help you when you fall on hard times? Who's going to help you get out of the situations that you're in? Right. Because, hey, I got to keep it 100 with you. Right. Things cost. Dreams cost. Food costs. Right. Hey, money, money has its place. I was one of those people where I actually used to kind of hate money because it was like, ah, I just didn't want money to rule my life or whatever. But but money does have its place. Right. And so it is significant. Without wealth, there's many things that you just cannot do. And when you find yourself in a place without wealth, and I've been that person, as you all know, I've been homeless. I've been that person that didn't have food. I didn't have a place to stay. Right. I sold my plasma, my bodily plasma so I could buy food for my daughter. I mean, I've been there scrounging up a dollar here and there so I could buy, you know, some 99 cent burgers or or tacos at Jack in the Box back in the day. And that would be my food for like a day or maybe two days. I just went off of that. So 
I know that there are people that have suffered far greater than I have. But what I'm saying is this. I've been there. Right. I get it. And when and when we get knocked backwards. By the world that we live in, Jesus said that we would have trials, we would have tribulations. Right. You're going to have trouble in this life. There's no way around it. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. And that's the thing. Right. Whether you're rich or poor, you are going to have problems. Don't get me wrong. Right. If you have three million American dollars, you know, three million U.S. dollars, your problems are going to be different than when you had like only, you know, maybe 150 U.S. dollars. Right. I mean, your problems are going to be different. My point is that you will have problems still. And many people fall on the illusion that they fall under the illusion that they're not going to have problems when they have money. That's not the case. Otherwise, Jesus wouldn't have told you that you're still going to have problems. OK. So where am I going with this and what is what is the title of this one? So the title of this is Lord, I had the title. Oh, thank you. Your strength is feeble at best. Right? Your strength. Your strength is feeble at best. Now, for those of you that don't know what the word feeble is, let's just look it up. You know, let's just look it up. No harm in that. Feeble. Feeble is an adjective markedly lacking in strength, indicating weakness Deficient in qualities or resources that indicate vigor, authority, force, or efficiency. Inadequate. Inferior. This is feeble. And the title of this again is what? Your strength is feeble. Feeble at best. See, when we get in a weak place... If we haven't disciplined ourselves to call on Jesus, in other words, let me back this up. When we, If we haven't disciplined ourselves such that Jesus Christ, the word of God, heavenly father, Holy Spirit is our default. And by default, I mean, what happens when you get to a low place in engineering, like mechanical engineering or electrical things like that? There is a default. So in other words, let's say. You have a switch that's powered, right? When there's electrical power on, right, the switch is in a particular position. It may be open. It may be shut, right? When the power fails, these things are designed to be in a particular, a particular position, a default position when the power fails. So, for example, y'all know I was a submarine guy. I worked in engineering on the submarine. So there are some valves that were electromechanically operated. OK, there was electrical power to it. It operated the valves. A valve just allows flow, water flow, hydraulic fluid flow, whatever flow, oxygen, whatever. Right. So when the valve is powered up, yeah, it operates in a certain way, open or shut. Right. But some systems are so important that. When the power failed, the switch was designed. It was the default. The default setting was that when the power failed, this particular valve would be open. 
it is going to fail in the open position. That's how we would say it in engineering terms, right? Fail in the open position or fail in the shut position. In other words, this was the default position when all the power was gone. You feel me? Okay. Not to over, oversimplify engineering, but mechanical, mechanical engineering, but there it is. Okay. So what we have to do is we have to have that same mindset for Christ because you have to understand your enemy is relentless. He is going to wear your behind down, right? The devil is not just, we always just say you're the enemy or the devil. You have to understand the devil, when Christians say the devil, right? We mean this very systematic and efficient, highly organized, right? Army of evil spirits, which are comprised of Satan, his fallen angels, and then these demonic spirits that he has under his realm and his slaves, his human slaves, right? So basically anybody that's not a Christian falls under this category. They may not understand it or not, but but there are some people that are more inclined to be a slave than others. But generically speaking, everybody that's not a Christian is already a slave to Satan, a slave to sin and a slave to Satan. But I'm not trying to go in that direction, this message. My point is this, right? Your enemy does not sleep. He does not tire. He has existed much longer than you or I have existed. You feel me, right? If you're listening to the sound of my voice, then that means you are only less than 100 years old. You're probably not 90. You might be 80. And there might be some 70-year-olds. I think it's fairly safe to say everybody that's listening to this podcast podcast is only under 100 human years old. That's it. How long do you think these demons been around? How long do you think Satan and the fallen angels have been around? You already know the answer to that. Before humans were created, right? They have watched your family for generations. They are spirits that have been assigned to your specific family for generations generations they'd rather not have a direct combat with you right in other words they rather you be bound up as a slave and just go along with their narrative just go along with the things that they put in your life to give them access to you christian right and so you have to be mindful of this right the most powerful enemy is the enemy you think does not exist. The most powerful prison is the prison that you don't even realize is there. Right? So the enemy does not want you to realize you're back in prison. <laughs> he doesn't want you to realize you're wearing chains. You're wearing shackles. He doesn't want you to realize that he's actually controlling your life. Okay, so where am I going with this? Check this out. When you get tired, because the war always rages on, like my brother Chris said, you're never out of the struggle. You're never out of the struggle. There's never a point in time when the devil's just going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, you know what? Man, the Lord really used you mightily that time. You whooped my behind. You know what? I'm done. We just going to turn tail and never come back. That's not what the Bible says, is it? What does it say? It says... That the enemy leaves you 
He leaves for more opportune time. He even tempted Jesus. He came and he tried to tempt Jesus. Right? He tried. He tried. And then he left. The Lord resisted him. The Bible says, it's the title of, of this podcast, right? He submitted himself. Submit yourself unto the Lord. Then resist the devil and he will flee from you. The Lord, right? Jesus submitted himself unto God. And then he resisted the devil and the devil flee. But the devil came at an opportune time. What is an opportune time? An opportune time is not when you all built up and you got all your spiritual boys around you. You know, you got all your spiritual sisters and brothers around you. You built up, you fortified, you you walking, you know, you working out in the spirit. You buff, you strong. Right? That's not when he's coming at you. When you like that, they're just watching you. They're watching you. They're looking for the weaknesses. They're analyzing you. They're like, they know you from all of these years. They've watched you since you were born. They know you. So when you are built up, when you're fortified and when you're strong, that's not really when they're going to attack you. That's not scripturally speak. That's not when they really attack you. Right. They're setting up traps. They're trying to lay traps. To, right. That's that's what they do. And these traps, these things, that's what war, it, it wears you out. It wears you out. It's, it's wearing you down, right? If you, you haven't trained yourself to be strengthened in the Lord, and that's where you get your strength from. And even when you do train yourself, you will still get worn out. Because how many of God's people in the Bible, these were men and women of God written about in the Bible, right? Some of these people were in, in Hebrews 11 in, in the Christian Hall of Faith, but they, too, got tired, right? So when you get tired, when you get worn out, right? Because that's what the enemy wants to do is wear you down. He wants to wear you down. See, then that's the opportune time. Then the devil sees. And by devil, I mean it could be Satan himself. It could be one of his fallen angels. It could be his demons, right? Right? Then that's when they come back and really attack you. Okay? And sometimes it's gonna be an outright attack and, and, and you're gonna know us the devil. You're gonna know us the devil. Other times it's very subtle. And what they'll do is they'll bring in old influences, things that you used to believe in <clears throat> before you got saved, things that the Lord brought you out of, right? Things like uh Eastern uh, mysticism, and yoga and uh, different types of meditation and, you know, uh, uh, chanting or whatever. Right. Whatever it was is, is those types of influences. Right. Where it seems like. It's not that harmful, you know, I'm using it to, you know, to help me do this and to do that. And and it's so easy during that time to. Just fall in with everybody else. Just fall in with everybody else. Stop stop bucking the flow. Don't buck the system. Hey, look, everybody else is doing it. Around the world, everybody else is doing this thing. It must be a good thing. Just go with it, man. But that is when they got you. See, when you was up and strong, then you realized the trap. 
And you're like, man, get that junk out of here. I don't want that. Think about this. If somebody came to you on a, on any given day, you know, let's say somebody came to you with some food that they got out of the garbage and they hand it to you. If you're doing well, relatively speaking, financially, right, you're going to be like, uh, get that out of my face. Why are you handing me that? That's that's disgusting. It's garbage, right? But if you fell upon hard times, you had no money, you lost everything, you're living on the street, you got no medicine, you got no food to eat, what happens? And this goes on for months, maybe years, right? That food that somebody handed you before, that they got out the garbage, it will look really good to you. And that's why there are so many people that are homeless, right? In, in, in abject poverty, and they're eating out of garbage, you know, gar- out, of, out of the garbage, what we might call garbage. They're not calling it garbage. They're eating it, right? So it all depends on your perspective and where you find yourself in this thing we call life, right? So that's why you can never be too hard. You can't be so uh, haughty, right, and look down on people because you never know. You, you may end up being one of those people one day. But my point is this, right? When you're built up, the trap is very obvious. When you get weakened over time, right? Weakened over time, weakened over time, days and months and years. In military, uh, in military lingo, they call it a campaign. So you have a campaign. Some campaigns last, last shorter than others. Some are much longer than others. So a campaign that only lasted maybe three or five months it really was a military campaign. It really was fighting. There really was an expenditure of troops and, you know, uh, uh, munitions and everything else. But it was a short campaign. But a campaign that goes on and on and on. So, for example, current news, right? Us with the United States and Afghanistan, right? We calling it the 20 year war. We were there for 20 years. Right. That conflict or that campaign just went on and on and on and on and on until finally America, for whatever reason, I'm not even going to get into that, just up and out, just left. That's a campaign. That's a long campaign, which taxes your resources. It taxes your resources. Going back to the definition we I just gave you guys, right, on feeble. On feeble, right? One of these definitions mentioned resources. Feeble, deficient in qualities or resources that indicate, look at look at this, vigor, authority, force, or efficiency. These are all things that you need as a Christian to walk in overcoming power. See, when you're up strong and in Christ, guess what? You're not deficient in vigor, right, which is strength, right? You're not deficient in authority because you know your authority in Christ. Devil, get out of here in Jesus' name, right? You know your authority in Christ. You're not playing with it, right? You're not deficient in force, right? The power that God has given you to take over, to take charge, to take, right? You're not deficient in that. And you're not deficient in your efficiency and how you deal with things for Christ, Right. But after a long campaign, 
you find yourself feeble. You find yourself in a feeble place, markedly lacking in strength. Right. And this is where the enemy comes in. Right. With these other doctrines, with these other things that. They're 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 in, in like a computer sense, they're like plugins, like, in you know, in the world of of computing, right? You have uh, apps or you have plugins, right? There's your main operating system, but when you want to do certain things, it's just easier to do certain things if you get a plugin, right? If you do any sort of uh, computer, uh, computer uh, like website designing, right? If you have certain types of websites, um, there's plugins, which just makes it easier to do everything. Okay. So that's what Satan does with, with people. Okay. That's what he does with people. He, he brings in false doctrines and he brings in certain types of practices that the world, there's literally billions of people doing this, or if not billions, hundreds of millions of people that all fall under his sway. They're all doing it because they're a part of his world system. It doesn't mean that it's right. And even if they have the purported uh, health benefits or whatever that it's saying, guess what? It is a satanic thing in its origin, in its origin. And that's why the Bible says, trust in the Lord, lean not unto your own understanding. See, there's an understanding that you or I might have a definition that we might attach or some sort of a positive sentiment that we might attach to this ungodly thing. However, in God's eyes, the origin of that thing has never changed. And that, that is what we must focus on as people of the Lord, as Christians, you can never just be like, I ain't no Christian. I'm going to turn off my Christianity for a little bit so I can just act like the rest of the world. No, no, no. Don't do that. Don't do that. I remember back in the day when I was in high school, me and two of my close friends, we formed the singing group. We called ourselves GQ, Grandiose Quiescence, right? You know, it was like a, a harmony, like an R&B doo-wop, you know, like a singing thing, right? And I remember my good friend, Lathonza Stamper, his mother, uh, mother Stamper, right? A very godly woman, right? As a godly family. They did not play. They didn't play. I remember she pulled Lathonza from the group. And I remember her talking to us one day. And she, and she was saying, and I was very young. I think I was 16 at the time. And she was saying, you know, my Christianity is not something that you can just, you know, put on or put off like it's a coat. Like you're a Christian. You're always a Christian. Okay. In my mind at that time, I didn't understand what she's talking about. I was like, you know, basically, why are parents overreacting, this and that? But now, I understand. I mean, I, I understand, obviously, what she was talking about years later, right? We just can't be like, hey, I'm going to do what the world does. Yeah, I'm going to do some yoga. Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm going to do some some type of meditation. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be, you know, staring in candles or or tapping or whatever it is. Because the world is doing that. Everybody else is doing it. Man, it seems like they're they're doing fine. I'm going to do that too. No, don't do that. Right? 
You've fallen into the trap. You're looking in the wrong place. You're looking at the world, right? You're leaning onto your own understanding. And when you do that, Satan's got you. Don't you get it? This is what Satan has done since the very beginning with Adam and Eve. It's, it's kind of what I talked about in, in one of my last episodes about the okie doke. The devil just keeps doing the okie doke. And for those of you that did not tune into that, and the East Coast back in like the 80s, we had this thing called the okie doke. It was like, you keep doing the same old stuff. Man, you trying to get me on that okie doke stuff, right? I'm not with that, right? In other words, I'm hip to what you're doing. You can't fool me with the same old things you fooled me with in the past. But you know what? Satan is doing that, not just to people, to Christians. See, it's one thing to do it to the world because the world don't know no better. There is anyway. It's a whole nother thing for Satan to trip up God's people and for God's people to start leaning onto their own understanding and their understanding about the matter. Guess who actually gave them that understanding? Satan did. Right. He said, no, 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 no. He, I wouldn't. Listen, remember, remember how the enemy works. The enemy, you can't see the enemy. Right. He's the enemy that you can't see. So you have an enemy that is invisible. And when the enemy shoots you, he shoots you with arrows. The arrows manifest in your emotions as a thought. It will always manifest and register as an I statement. I want to do this. I want to lust after this woman. I want to do this type of meditation. I'm going to go over here and start doing some yoga. Yeah, I want to do these things. See, you accept it. When you get tired, you don't even realize you just got shot with an arrow. You're not even realizing because you're not scanning your thoughts like you used to do when you were built up as a Christian. The Bible says, take every thought captive and bring it unto obedience, right? Take every thought captive. So when you're built up and you're fortified, you are scanning your thoughts. You are scanning your heart. You are taking every thought captive. You hope, halt, who goes there? Is that a godly thought? Is that an ungodly thought? If it's godly, you have permission, access granted. If it's an ungodly thought, access denied, right? You're not coming through. I submit this thought to the will of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says this, right? That's what Satan was trying to do with Jesus, trying to give him thoughts. Give him thoughts, give him reasoning so that he would stand on his own reasoning, his own logic, right? His own understanding. Hey, Right. Jesus had been fasting 40 days. He was hungry. Right. Hey, remember what is said in the Bible about this and that you, you take this, you know, take take that rock and make it into a stone. Right. He's trying to plant the thought in his head, just like he planted the thought in Eve's head all the all those years ago in the garden. Right. That's all it needs is a thought. Once you accept the thought, got you. Got you. He Eve accepted the thought or rather, let's say the word, because some of you are saying I would not accept thoughts from Satan. And because you're thinking that way, you're blocking the message. You're missing the message. You're leaning on your intellect. You're trusting in your own goodness and in your own understanding. And you cannot hear what I'm saying. Right. Even though this message is really for you, it's coming to help you out, to get you out of the trap that you are in and you don't even realize it yet. So let's say this. Right. Instead of saying Satan gave you a thought, the devil gave you a thought. Right. 
The devil said something to you. You didn't realize he said to you and you because you can't see him. You thought it was your idea. Let's say it like that. OK. Right. So. In the Garden of Eden. Right. The serpent talked to Eve. Right. Gave her some introduced her. There you go. Thank you, Holy Spirit. The serpent introduced Eve. To a new ideology or a new set of beliefs, a new way of looking at what the most high God had already said that. That is Satan's greatest strength, right? He he introduces new ideologies, new beliefs, a new mindset, a new way of looking at what the most high God has said, a new way of looking at God himself. Think about this. Lucifer, when he was called Lucifer, according to the scripture, the, the tail of the dragon took away a third of the stars. We Christians interpret that as right. Satan influenced a third of the angelic host to follow him. How does one influence angels that have been in the presence of the most high God? Absolute perfection, absolute holiness, no evil, no darkness. Yet he influenced them to look at God like he could be defeated, to look at God like he was feeble, like he was lacking in strength, like he was lacking in resources, like he wouldn't know what they were doing, like he wasn't all knowing. You see, that's what Satan does. And that's what he does best. The scripture says that he is a liar. He is the father of lies. And when he is lying, he is talking his native tongue. That's his language, the language of lies. That's what he does. So he introduced a new narrative to Eve, which Eve thought about. She thought about it. Mm, and then once she molded over her mind, it made sense to her leaning on her own understanding. Yeah, that's really what God meant. You know what? I'm going to eat that fruit. Oh, what happened? We know what happened. But Jesus, the second Adam, right? He didn't fall for that. He didn't fall for the okie doke. He rebuked Satan, right? He stood on the word of God, what God said. And when Satan tried to flip it around, no, he stood on the word of God. This is what God said. It is written. Right. And then eventually, what did the devil do? He left. In other words, man, I can't get past him. Right. His head going back and forth like a serpent. I can't get past him. I can't get past him. I'll come back at another time. Right. That's what he's done with you. Brothers and sisters, if you're following any of these mystical things, right? And I keep harping on yoga and, 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 and meditation, right? Because these are things that I see that have crept into the body of Christ, right? People are doing it. People have accepted it. And people don't even realize, right? They've been ensnared because they're leaning now on their own understanding, and again, the scripture says, trust in the Lord, lean not, lean not unto your own understanding. Why? Because it's very easy for the devil to manipulate your understanding of a thing. If, if you, right, the trap is not laid in plain view of the bird. In other words, 
If the bird can see the trap, it wouldn't go in the trap. Hello? Okay? If you can see these demons giving you these thoughts, these belief systems, right? Of course you wouldn't take it. Of course you wouldn't take it. But it comes at a time when you're weak in a weakened condition. And man, it seems like you're not getting no help from God. <clears throat> I know he hears my prayers, but you know what? I'm just going to try this thing over here. A lot of other people are doing it. It's helping them to be clear. And then you walk around feeling all happy about yourself because, you know, it seems like you're doing better. But the truth of the matter is he got you. You're in a prison that you can't see. And because you can't see the prison, you don't even realize you're in the prison. I used to tell the guys when I used to preach at the prison, listen, right? Hell is the perfect prison. You can't get out of hell. I know you guys are in prison right now, but at least it's a prison you can see. And you know what? I mean, the, the very worst, one day you're going to die. You will get out of this prison. But you, you go to hell, you're never going to get out of prison, right? But the devil has prisons for people that you can't see. And there's people walking around all over the planet just feeling so happy and good about themselves because they're doing self-help and self-care and mental health and this, that, and the other. And you know what? But the devil gave those things to you. Why? Because, again, he would much rather have you just fall in line with everybody else. Don't make no waves. Don't stand up in the authority that Christ has given you. Don't do that. Don't make us have to fight you. Why? Because the weapons that God has given you. Good God. Don't get me yelling in my house at midnight, right? Because the weapons that God has given you as a Christian are more powerful than what the devil has, right? Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpents, right? And scorpions and what? And over all the power of the enemy and nothing Nothing is what? No thing. No thing shall by any means harm you. See, the devil does not want you to stand on the power of God. He doesn't want you to stand in the word of God because he already knows the power that's backing you. Greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. He already knows. If I fight that fight, I'm going to lose that fight. I can't win that fight. Therefore, I need to get you to compromise yourself. I need to get you to compromise yourself. Think about Samson, Samson and Delilah, right? The Philistines could not beat Samson. Why? Because greater was he that was with Samson than he that was in the world. The Philistines worshiped Dagon. They worshiped a false god, right? Just like many people in this world today, they worship a false god. They have an idol, whether they have something created and standing erect or not, they have created a false God in their minds. It's an idol. It's idolatry, right? The power that backs them is great, but it ain't greater than the most high God. Every knee must bow before Jesus. That includes Satan. That includes his fallen angels. They all know who God is. They all know who the real God is, right? But the Philistines could not beat Samson. Because he was strengthened by the most high God. He beat hundreds of them. He killed a thousand of them with the jawbone of a donkey. One thousand men. You think, think about that, right? How hard, it, how hard would it be for you to defeat just you, just you, 
even five people. I'm going to pick up a jawbone of a donkey and beat five people to death. They're attacking you. It's not like you just surprised them. No, they're attacking him. So if five people come and they try to attack you, five grown men, okay, <laughs> they're attacking you. You you think you're really going to have an easy time beating them? I'm going to pick up a jawbone. I, I might be able to overcome five people. How about 10 people? How about 20 people? 50 people? 100 people? The Bible's not a lie. So when it says he killed a thousand people with the jawbone of a donkey, guess what? Uh, he killed a thousand people. They couldn't beat Samson. So the Philistines got together and they saw he had a weakness. They saw a chink in his, they saw a place where his armor was not strong, so to speak. Oh, his weak area is women, right? They got Delilah, right? Hey, we're going to pay you all this money if you find out what is the source of his strength. Find out for us, right? And we'll, we'll pay you this money. And you know what happened. I mean, Delilah kept tricking him, kept tricking him, kept tricking him. Philistines, the Samson, you know, uh, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. Bam, he get up and just wipe him back. They couldn't beat him. But then when he told her the secret of his strength, which was his hair, and they cut his hair, what happened? They took him away immediately. They gouged both of his eyes out. This was, this was Samson. They put both, they poked his eyes out, made him blind. They made him a slave, put him in the prison camp to work, right? That's what the devil wants to do with you, brother. That's what he wants to do with you, sister, right? I cannot tell you any more emphatically, if you are doing these Eastern practices, right? With the meditation, you know, and the tapping and, and the EFT, soaking, right? If you're doing yoga, any type of yoga, don't give me that malarkey what the devil told you about, oh, you know, it's just so good for my health and all the stretching and this, that. You think that that's the only way that you can stretch? Is there no, is there no other stretches outside of yoga? Seriously. Because football players, athletes, they do all types of stretches. I'm a bodybuilder. I do all types of stretching and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? You just learn the different muscle parts and you learn the stretches. And there you go. You got the objective met. But somebody introduced to you a new narrative, a new perspective, a new way of looking at things. Somebody introduced to you, brother, sister, right? A new way of looking at God. A new way of looking at what God said. Thou shalt have no other gods before me, right? No idols, right? No idols. You created a God that says, it's okay for me to do these things. It's okay. I'm still going to call on him. It's okay. God's okay with it. A lot of people are doing it and I'm feeling better in my life. So obviously... God must be okay with that. God, let me tell you something. God is not okay with idolatry. In case you didn't know, the Lord does not play <laughs> with idolatry. That is a serious sin. Serious sin. So I don't care who told you it's okay. And I know I'm coming in kind of hot here, but this is an important topic. We can't play with this. <clears throat> we can't play with this. Right? The devil introduces another narrative. He gives you 
a different perspective so that you, man of God, woman of God, will step outside your place of grace. Right. And when you do that, they're going to poke out both of your eyes, so to speak, and they're going to put you in slavery and walk you around and you'll be walking around in bondage, feeling happy about yourself, not even realizing <laughs> they just took you captive. You are now ineffective. You, you do not walk in any power now spiritually. And you will not walk in power until you go before the Lord God and repent. And again, going back to Samson, right? What happened with Samson? The Bible noted his, but his hair started growing back. Right after they poked out his eyes and put him in slavery, the Bible indicated, but Samson's hair uh, started growing back. And then we see finally when the Philistines brought him out for sport, as they're worshiping their fake phony God, right? They brought Samson out and the little boy brought him out and Samson says, hey, you know, place my hands on the pillars, right? And he prayed and he was repentant before God and just asked him, just strengthen me one last time. Give me vengeance this one last time for both of my eyes that the Philistines put out, right? And we know the Lord heard his prayer, strengthened him. Bam, he broke the pillars. Killed thousands of Philistines. It says he killed more in that one blow than he did all his lifetime, right? That's when you have power. See, once you accept, when you accept the lies, the narrative, when you accept these things, you don't have any more power. You think you got power. The devil's laughing at you. You, you ain't got no power because a human has zero power over a spirit an enemy spirit outside of Jesus Christ. If you step outside of Jesus Christ, you ain't got no power, right? We see in the Bible, the seven sons of Siva, I don't know if it's pronounced Siva or Skiva, right? Uh, I rebuke you in the name of, of Jesus, whom, you know, whom, uh, <laughs> whom Paul knows, or, 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 right? What? Them demons, the Bible said the demons beat them they beat all the clothes off of them and they ran out of the house naked. That was seven, there was seven, seven of them. And those demons beat them so badly. They all ran out naked, not just one of them. They beat the clothes off of all seven of them. And they ran out screaming, terrified. Why? Because they ain't got no power over an evil spirit. They was trying to exercise power over an evil spirit, but they didn't even know Jesus. Thus, they had no power. So if you're if you're operating in any one of these areas and there's so many other areas to row cards, right, um, uh, fortune telling, heaven forbid you're doing seances, any type of astrology, you know, reading horoscopes, horoscopes like H-O-R-R-O-R. -R -R. I mean, it's, it's a thing of horror, right? Reading a horoscope, any of that stuff. It's satanic. And all you have to do, number one, don't get caught up on your own understanding. I know what it means. You know the meaning that the devil gave you to know, to trap you. Hello? <laughs> right? Again, the trap is not laid in plain view of the bird. If, it, if the bird knew it was a trap, he wouldn't go in the trap. So, of course, the devil is going to tell you something that sounds good, just like he told Eve 
What? You think the devil's going to tell her? To, should he have told her the truth? You know, Eve, you're right. <clears throat> you sure are right. If you eat that fruit, God did tell you to not eat it. And sure enough, if you eat, I'm trying to trick you. If you do eat that, then uh, you and your husband are going to actually give up the position on earth. And I'm going to actually be God of the earth, the de facto ruler of the earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you eat that, that's exactly what's going to happen. You know, he's not going to tell you the truth. He told her what she wanted to hear. See, you can't be tempted by something that you don't really want. Jesus was in and the temptation is not the sin. The, the people think that you being tempted is the sin. That's the lie from the pit of hell. It's not a sin. The, temp the sin is what you do after the temptation, right? Jesus was tempted. He was tempted. He was hungry. He was a human like anybody else. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights in the desert. He was hungry. The devil never comes to tempt anyone with something that they don't want because he's not. He's a fool because he doesn't learn, but he's not stupid. Right. He watches his whole his whole army. They watch people. They know what their weaknesses are. For me, one of my greatest weaknesses was my area of intellect because oh, I'm so smart and I know this and I know that and I had so many things. So I had all of these different areas to pull from. So for a long time, the devil would just slay me, slapping me around. Boom, bow, go this way, go that way, go this way, go that. Why? Because my mind, <laughs> I was leaning on my own understanding. I, I wasn't leaning on what God said and I knew what God said, but guess what? That's not what I wanted to do. Right. The devil will always come and he will introduce something to you that you want to do. Right. That's why it's a temptation. For those that know me, they know I despise mayonnaise. It is the most disgusting thing ever created by a human on this planet to me. It is disgusting, disgusting. My youngest daughter, my miracle baby, Kyra, she also shares the same view. <laughs> we despise mayonnaise. Right. There is no way, you feel me, there is no way that somebody could tempt me with food that's got, man, man, you want this sandwich? What's on that sandwich? What's that white stuff on that sandwich? Mmm, it's creamy. And no matter how you slice it up, it's creamy, spinach-based, pesto, so-and-so mayonnaise. Ah, denied. I don't want that. No, you don't understand how good it is. It's got man. I don't want it. It's got mayonnaise. I don't want it. I'm done. See, there's no way you can tempt me with that. I don't want that. And I know I don't want that. Thus, it is not a temptation. Right? It's not a temptation. But the devil will come with things that to tempt you. It's things that you want to do anyway. So he's brought these narratives to you, these practices to you, something that you wanted to do anyway. But somewhere on the inside, because you knew the Lord closely at one point, you know it's wrong, but you're still doing it anyway. Why? Because you really wanted to do it anyway. But now you're in a trap. You don't realize you're in a trap. So the Lord is sending me to tell you, whoever this is, whoever this is for, why am I walking the floor at past midnight giving this message? Because it needs to be said. Okay. It needs to be said. I'm a, uh, 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 hold on a second. There was a scripture that I was supposed to read. Hold on a second. Thank you. Not going to pass this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Thank you. Holy Spirit is so wonderful. He makes sure you don't forget things. If you listen to him, if you listen to him, you'll hear him remind you of things. Very important things. 
amazing things. Okay, anyway, Psalm 28, verse 8. The scripture says, the Lord is the strength of his people. He is the saving refuge of his anointed. So do we see the juxtaposition here, right? Trust in the Lord, lean not unto your own understanding, right? You, you lean on your own understanding, then it's like you're your strength. You're, you're, you're trusting in your own strength to get you out. You're, you're trusting in what you know to be your saving refuge instead of the Lord being it. So on the one hand is the trap. When you trust in your own understanding, what you believe you know about this thing, which is basically what the devil told everybody else and everybody else is saying the same thing instead of going back to what God said and going back to the origin of that thing. Because for the Lord, the Lord knows the origin. It doesn't change. It was rooted in evil. It is evil. Do not touch it. Destroy it. That's it. The world over time will change. Humans grow older. They die. Satan gives them new meanings. And now they're doing these things. But guess what? The Lord still knows that thing was created in evil. It is evil. And what does it do? It, it gives these demons. It gives Satan and his, his fallen angels and his demons access into your life. So you don't understand why you're really not walking around with power, why you're really not blessed, why the things aren't going the way you want to go. Why? Because you've been tricked. You've been bamboozled, right? You're trusting in your own strength and you're trusting in you and what you know in your head, your knowledge, which again, the devil actually gave to you indirectly. Hello. As opposed to trusting in the Lord. Right. And thus brings me to my title. Your strength is feeble at best. The devil laughs at you and your strength. Your strength is feeble at best, man. Think about this. Like if you, if you have a human that's let's say here's a great example of someone that's feeble. Let's say a human that is one hundred and seven years old. OK, that person is relatively feeble. You're not worried about that person jacking you up and wrestling you down to the ground. It's like uh, I have to be careful how I handle you because I might just break your arm by accident. You're that feeble. Like that's how the devil looks at you and your strength. Your strength is nothing to it evil spirit. Nothing. They laugh at you. They poked your eyes out. They were laughing at Samson. He was, he was, he was, uh, uh, you know, enslaved in a slave camp. They're laughing at him. Yes, yes. Bring Samson out for sport again. <laughs> They're laughing at you. Don't get it twisted. I'm telling you, if you call yourself a Christian and you're doing any of those things I listed, yoga, Eastern meditation, tapping, soaking, what's it called? EFT, all those. Other, if you're doing that stuff, you're in bondage. Your eyes have been gouged out like Samson and the Philistines are laughing at you for sport. And why are they laughing? Because you walking around thinking that you got power and they're just yucking it up. He ain't got no power. <laughs> he thinks he's doing something. <laughs> she ain't got no power anymore. <laughs> they're laughing at you. Right? Your power is feeble at best. Your strength is feeble at best. But in the Lord, see, that's something altogether different. Right? The demons believe 
and they tremble at the name of Jesus. They tremble. They're terrified of the Lord. When the Lord came, right? Oh, and there was in Lee. Oh, oh, have you come? Have you have you come before the time to torture us? Have you come to torture us? Please, please let us just get away from you. Let's please let us go on those pigs over there. And what did the Lord say? You're allowed. He is God almighty. Good God. They asked his permission. This man was running around terrorizing the countryside. Strengthened by demonic influences, strengthened by demonic might, ripping chains with his bare hands. People would chain him. He'd snap the chains like it was nothing. Because demons have power, way more power than a human has, right? But when Jesus came, what happened? They were terrified. And they begged his permission. Please, we adjure you, let us go into the pigs over there. And the Lord said, aloud, go. They went into the pigs. The pigs went crazy, ran off the mountainside to the water. The people heard about it and they were terrified. They sent Jesus away. Please leave. Leave, please. Right? The Lord is the strength of his people. He is. He is. This is current. The saving refuge of his anointed. And we're coming to a close here. No matter where you find yourself in your life right now, no matter how far you have fallen, <clears throat> right? No matter how impossible the odds may seem. Listen, the Lord is in the same place he's always been. He's at a fixed position. His majesty, his might, his monarchy, his authority. He's at a fixed place. And he's waiting for you. All you need to do like Samson is repent. Own your sin. Own it. Samson owned his sin. I always say own that bad boy. He repented. And then he went back to the Lord and he asked the Lord to strengthen him. You have to ask the Lord to be your strength. Ask him to be your strength. Ask him to be your strength and strengthen you. After you repent, you confess your sins, that the stuff you was in is sinful. It was it was sin. You disobeyed the Lord. You can't you can't shirk that because you're still in bondage. Confess the bondage. Own it. Right. And then go to him for grace and strength. And he will strengthen you and he will save you. Good God. He will save you. OK, so. There it is, whoever that's for. Whoever that's for, I pray that you receive it in the name of Jesus. Don't slap it away because you are in bondage and it's only going to get worse. It's opposite. Right. So in God, you go from faith to faith to glory to glory. Right. In Satan, it's, it's the exact opposite. You go from deception to deception. Right. To lower to lower. Right. More bondage, more bondage, more bondage. I do pray that you will receive this word today in the name of Jesus Christ, because I love you. I love you with the love of the Lord. And I want you to be free and walking in the victory that the Lord himself won for you. You're losing fights that you should not be losing, but you're losing the fight because you're fighting it the devil's way. 
He don't want to fight God's way. He has to get you to fight the battle his way. By on his terms, because if you fight, I'm going to say this backstory and then I am going to close out. I'm the man of a million backstories. We all know this. I was in <laughs> I was in the fourth grade. So that means I was nine years old. I remember walking to school, Washington Middle, Washington Elementary School. And one day these three kids thought that they was going to jump me. One of them was like the big bully. I remember his name, Brian Ego. That was his name. Brian Ego or Brian Ego. Bully. Right. And two other sidekicks that he, his hirelings that he had for that day, right? And uh, I remember we was at this base of the bridge where you have to walk up this bridge to get to the school on the other side, right? And there was three of them there, and they thought they was going to jump me. And so I don't remember how I did this, but <laughs> I realized, I, I assessed the situation real quick. I just remember. I assessed the situation, and I knew, like, okay, if I let them all jump me, I'm going to get beat up. But if I can trick them, I can fight them one-on-one. -on -one. I can probably beat them all, you know? And that's what I did. I said, listen, hey, 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 you know what? You guys don't want to jump me, right? I said, listen, let's go. You know, on TV, on movies, there was this thing called mano a mano. Come on, let's do a mano a mano. I was like nine years old, right? Y'all so bad. Let's do a mano a mano, right? Come on, let's do a one-on-one. -on -one. And that's what happened. So they broke off, right? And we started fighting one-on-one. -on -one. So I, 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 I whooped up on the first two real quick. And then the third guy was Brian Ego, which I was beating. But then in my mind, the thought occurred to me. It's like, you know, this is Brian Ego, right? He's really mean, right? You're not going to be able to beat him. So I actually let him like just throw me on the ground. Because I'm like, okay, well, I let him throw me on the ground. It'll just stop. And it did stop. And then they walked away, <clears throat> right? But afterwards, one of them did come back and apologize to me. But anyway, my point is this. Listen, I knew I couldn't fight. I couldn't fight their fight the way they wanted me to fight it because I, it was already done. I had to get them to fight on my terms so I could whoop them up. Right. <laughs> and it was working. Right. That's what the devil has done to you. If you are a Christian, if you're not a Christian, he's already got you. But you can go to pray to God. You can pray to Jesus, right? Acknowledge that you broke the Ten Commandments. You deserve the punishment, right? Ask him to help you. Really want to, you know, leave your sins and repent for your sins. He will help you. But if you belong to God already, guess what? The devil has to trick you. He has to get you to fight the fight by his rules and not God's rules. Every time you fight by his rules, you lose. Every time you fight by God's rules and by God, I mean the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you win. Even if it may not look like you won at first. It may not sound like you won at first because the devil is the devil. He's going to try and psych you out to the very second that he absolutely must leave. It will still look like you're not winning. It'll still sound like you're not winning. <clears throat> but if you could see in the spirit, you would see, oh, you actually are winning. Stand your ground, Christian. Stand your ground, man of God. Stand your ground, woman of God. Right. Get back on the word of God. Go to father and repent. OK, knock it off. Go, go back to the Lord <clears throat> and repent and be strengthened in Jesus name. Amen. OK, that's it.
So again, I love you with the love of the Lord. Always remember, submit yourself first unto God, then resist the devil and he will flee from you. Until next time, aloha and be blessed.